0: Welcome to Boing Boing Gadgets. Hey everyone, uh, I'm Shenny Jardin. This is our weekly podcast introducing gadgets as reviewed by our editors and uh, sometimes our guests. But this week, it's just me. I'm a co editor of BoingBoing.net, and I'm joined by Mark Frauenfelder, our co founder and co editor. Hey there, Mark.
1: Hi,
2: Shenny.
0: And by Jason Weisberger, our publisher and uh, frequent personal electronics and book reviewer. How are you, Jason?
2: I'm good, thanks.
0: So each week on this podcast, for those of you who are new, we review gadgets, video photography equipment, tools for arts, crafts, and DIY making, fun in the outdoors, and cooking and kitchen gadgets and i gotta tell you i think that's going to be the theme of today's podcast uh you you know you can learn about must have new technology and toys from us we play with everything we try everything we never recommend anything that we're not super psyched and obsessed with uh that is really the case this week you know we at boing boing um like to visit our colleague Jason's house. He has a beautiful house in Marin County, uh, and, and he's a wonderful man with cute dogs. But the, the most wonderful thing about visiting Jason is that he makes fried chicken and waffles. And Jason, I don't know how you've managed to work fried chicken and waffles into this podcast, but you have. There's a gadget connection to your fried chicken and waffles, and they are delicious.
2: Well, I've spent uh, a ton of time this weekend messing around with cast iron. And uh, what I consider to be key to my uh, my chicken and waffles experience, which my daughter, uh, it's her favorite breakfast. She has a favorite breakfast, a favorite lunch, and a favorite dinner. Breakfast is chicken and waffles, lunch is pizza, and dinner is evidently lasagna. Uh, her mother <laughs> makes the lasagna. I don't make lasagna.
0: So your child is uh, Garfield?
2: Evidently. Um, But chicken and waffles, she just absolutely loves. We had a good friend of hers over yesterday for breakfast um, because Hannah wanted to share the chicken and waffles with a friend. Uh, And my Lodge cast iron chicken fryer is absolutely um, core to my being able to make fried chicken. Um, When I was trying to fry chicken in an all-clad stainless steel pot, I just found that the results were nowhere near as good and nowhere near as consistent. So um, it is the gadget. That is the gadget approach to fried chicken and waffles. Um, And as we were discussing last week uh, amongst the three of us about the podcast, or what we now determine to call an audio experience. (laughs) Um, we'd said that rather than putting up posts um, for the podcast, what we wanted to do was simply review the things that we were talking about and then refer to the audio experience in those posts. Um, And so I thought this would inspire me to finally sit down and write the fried chicken recipe that uh, I've been working on and with for so many years.
0: Wow. So how did you find the ultimate cast iron pan?
2: Um, Well, I'm not quite sure that this is the ultimate cast iron pan. And to read the comments just from a cast iron kitchen scrubber that I'd uh, reviewed last week on the blog, uh, people seem to think that the cast iron I own is horrible and junk. But I really, really like it. This is just simply a Lodge cast iron um, chicken fryer. I found it on Amazon a couple of years ago for about thirty five dollars, and you can still buy it there today. It comes uh, with the kind of the deep pan chicken fryer, which is a wonderful skillet as well. And the more that you fry chicken in it, um, the more that you're basically heating up a lot of oil in it, and it just seasons the living hell out of this pan. Mm. Um, and it comes with a shallow. Um, Size eight skillet that fits on top of it as a lid, so now you've got both a uh, you know a, a deep a, a deep fryer and a and a lid that you can also just use as a frying pan for about thirty five dollars. And I thought that it would say wonderful combination of stuff. I find that it works really really well. And as everyone talks about cast iron, it just works better the more that you use it. Um but our readers kind of went crazy about antique cast iron in the comments and I got a bunch of private communications from them as well that have naturally gotten me very very interested in the antique cast iron so I have acquired a few pieces and I'm busy re-seasoning them and playing with them.
0: Are is that are you playing with them now on the podcast? Can I hear it?
2: Um no this is me just uh swinging around the uh lodge. <laughs> <laughs> the Lodge <laughs> Chicken Fryer, and I'll tell you, but, but like I, can these...
0: I can hear it. They, it makes a distinctive sound, you know, just like you can thwack a watermelon to find out if it's ripe. I feel like you can thwack a cast iron pan.
2: I was gonna say this is like perfect for whacking a zombie in the head. I mean, this just feels—it's a skull-crushing <laughs> pan. But I was
0: gonna, I was gonna say it's the—you um you know—for me, it might be the cheating boyfriend brainer. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So, so Jason, just to, to give uh, listeners a, 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 an image of this, to me it looks like a deep frying pan and a shallow frying pan that fit together to form what looks like a Dutch oven.
2: Yes, absolutely. That is that is exactly it. And I found that between the two the two pieces that come in this, and I've got a lot of other um, cast iron pots and pans in the kitchen. The two that I use most are this chicken fryer and that frying pan that works as a lid. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will use both as frying pans, and any time that I'm you know, frying chicken, which seems to be about every other week for my daughter, she wants a uh, big weekend breakfast of chicken and waffles, this is the go-to pan. It is really, really wonderful. Now, I'm going to be trying an antique one in a uh, week or so, and we'll see how that works out. Um, I've definitely found that the antique cast iron is lighter and thinner walled and much smoother on the inside than this Lodge stuff. But for the price that I'm paying for the Lodge gear that I have and how much I love it and rely on it in the kitchen, I don't think it can be beat. So it will be really interesting to see if that antique cast iron is uh, noticeably better.
0: And Jason, I I also don't want to skip over the beauty of the waffles that you make. I remember one time – tell me if I'm remembering this incorrectly, perhaps in the um, chicken-induced psychedelic euphoria that that I was experiencing – did you make yeasted waffles? They were like yeast dough?
2: Um, Yeah, I make sourdough waffles. And the recipe is straight off the King Arthur flour website. Um, I, their sourdough recipes are really, really great. And they've got a sourdough waffle um, batter recipe that That I, I absolutely love.
0: And you make wonderful sourdough bread in in the oven as well. But People, I cannot tell you. You know, if you can find a way to suck up to our friend and colleague Jason and have him invite you over for sourdough waffles and the and his incredible fried chicken, you should do it. You should do it. Um, Jason, I just want you to share, if you would, three tips for making killer fried chicken. Once you get that Lodge cast iron skillet,
2: uh, I would say the most important. Is consistency of size of the pieces of chicken? Uh, that was kind of the uh, the trick that I learned from a uh, good friend of the website, Sarah Ruxin's husband is a chef. I had been lucky enough to have his fried chicken in New York years ago, and I'd then pestered Sarah and her husband for the recipe for ages. Um, He sat me down one day several years ago and told me the one thing that I was missing was consistency of size of the piece of chicken. And so if you're doing legs, just do legs that day. And if you're doing chicken breasts, um, try and get them all to be cut to about the same size. I actually will take the chicken pieces – I usually will just take boneless chicken breasts and cut them down into kind of the same size chicken tender pieces for my daughter. And it makes Mm -hmm. it super easy to cook consistently because uh, everything's about the same size, same thickness, going into a cast iron um, fryer that retains uh, the heat and stays at the same temperature very, very well. And it makes cooking the chicken, um, makes it much, much easier. That was the missing piece that I needed. Um, The other thing I would say is uh, buttermilk. Uh, leave the chicken in the buttermilk as long as you think is safe um, for you to still eat the chicken, and add uh, a little bit of Tabasco or something with vinegar to the buttermilk, and that would. So be, you might
0: um, you you might, you might basically dunk your chicken meat into buttermilk with a little bit of Tabasco and leave it there for what a day two days. Uh,
2: two days, uh, anywhere from eight hours to kind of thirty six hours. I think is the sweet spot, and it gets much better the longer it is in there.
0: Okay. Any, any any last tip? Um, what about those, the flour that you use?
2: Um, I've been through both all-purpose bread and a couple of different. I've tried pizza flour um, for breading the chicken, and I think that all-purpose tends to be the best. Wow, That's I don't really know why. Yeah, I don't really know why, but as you get kind of more protein dense with the other flours, I don't think it particularly helps.
0: Well, I could talk about fried chicken and waffles all day but you know something that would be really fun to do while you're eating jason's fried chicken and waffles um, would be to listen to mark's electro home retro hi-fi stereo system i know you have a great vinyl collection mark and uh, i understand that your kids are kind of getting into vinyl tell us about the uh, stereo system that you're into these days
1: yeah this is uh, a really cool stereo system especially for the price it's like 200 bucks and you get this really nicely kind of uh, retro-curvy wooden cabinet that contains the LP player. It's also got a, a AM FM radio. It's got a USB connection and an auxiliary connection so, and, and uh, MP3 CDs, so you can really play almost every kind of uh, media that you have through it. It's got a nice look. It's very heavy and solid. A lot of times I don't really like that kind of retro, fake retro look because it's just, they do it wrong. But I think in this this case, they got it right. It's got that nice kind of fabric uh, across the built-in speaker. The sound quality is, is really good. And, uh, you know, it's got cool features. I haven't tried this yet, but you can actually like play an MP3 and then just stick a USB flash drive into the USB port and rip the... Uh, the vinyl to mp3 just by pressing the record button on the front of the cabinet so it's if you're looking for like a kind of an all-in-one solution to play music in a room like we have it in our living room and be able to pull out your old vinyl and play them this is like you know as good as it gets i i imagine for the for the price and and everything that it does oh and it's also it also has a remote control so that you can uh like do stuff from across the room because it's such a hassle, you know, to get up off your butt and walk five feet.
0: That's incredible. I'm shocked that it's only two hundred dollars.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. It looks amazing.
1: Yeah. It is nice and I'm sure, you know, audiophiles are going to say that the turntable is no good and you know, it's what 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 do they say? Direct drive versus belt drive and everything. But uh, you know, my my ears have been damaged from a lot of punk rock concerts. So <laughs> this sounds it's fine to me. This is great. Yeah.
0: I can't even hear anything you're saying right now. That's how many <laughs> punk rock shows. <laughs> yeah. no, that's cool. So it, I, I understand that, um, you know, if you wanted a fancier sound experience, you could hook them up to fancier speakers.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. You could do that. And, you know, um, but for, for our purposes in our family, this is fine. The one thing that I wish they could have ha- added to it, and it probably wouldn't have cost a lot, is to just put a Bluetooth radio in there, so that you mm-hmm. could, uh, you know, just set your iPhone down in the room and start playing your i, uh, you know, play Spotify. What I have been doing is though I I'd like, uh, I really like uh, Spotify uh, playlists from from different people, and there's this guy Spike Priggan, a musician that I'm kind of email and web buddies with, and he's got this great playlist of like freak beat. Early psychedelia garage punk music. Wow! And it's so good. He's got like I think close to a thousand songs on there. So I just put my iPhone, plug it into the uh, audio input, and then hide the iPhone inside the uh, the the lid and close it. And then I'm I'm playing you know these great uh, you know great garage music stuff. It's it's really it's really cool. And if it were Bluetooth, it'd be a little bit easier. But you know, mm-hmm. it, it works. This is no my.
0: My younger brother, Carl Hamm, back in Richmond, Virginia, is uh, a, a vinyl aficionado. He's a vinyl collector. His uh, he, He's a... Famous club and party and radio DJ in Richmond, Virginia, my hometown. Um, When I was visiting for Christmas, we were sitting around the table uh, in our mom's kitchen and he had this little portable it was like an old thrift store find. It was a portable record player that we hooked up to a Bluetooth speaker and we were jamming there. Carl um, is the amateur ethnomusicologist behind a series of Malaysian psychedelic pop from the 60s called Pop Ye um, We'll have to bring him on the podcast sometime in the future. But would
1: um, be great.
0: I, I can't wait to tell him about this. I think this might be something he would enjoy. And there's... I, I feel too like, um, you know, you can... In in all of the gadgets and the experiences that we talk about on this podcast, you can you could be a snob and you could go for the absolute 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 best, um, but sometimes you're depriving yourself of experiences that you might not be able to afford or might not just might not work. And sometimes good enough is great. I feel like what you're talking about here is a good example of that.
1: Yeah, I think you know you pick a solution based on your desires, your needs, your budget. Um, your your life and uh mm-hmm. and this is this is what works for us i have no complaints about it
0: hey will you include a link to that awesome uh, spotify playlist absolutely. in the blog post
1: absolutely
0: and listeners every week when we do this podcast or excuse me audio experience we have a blog post that corresponds with it where you can see each of the gadgets that we've talked about and in this case you can get a link to that killer playlist that mark likes rocking out to i just uh, want to mention to everybody that i am recording my end of this audio experience from the home of brian lamb the founder of wirecutter.com he's the ceo of wirecutter he used to be an editor with gizmodo and has been with wired magazine before that brian has a sweet little bachelor pad uh, on the island of oahu in hawaii and i've been here um on hawaii uh, mostly crashing with brian for about a month uh didn't bring my super great mics with me which is why um audiophiles will be irritated at my portion of this (laughs) podcast um hey but i I just wanted to mention that i'm going to try to um, do an interview with brian about his wonderful gadget review site it's uh it's just one of the best sites out there for really painstaking analysis of uh, different categories of common electronics. So uh, stay tuned for that. But for this week, Mark and Jason, vinyl and fried chicken. Uh, I think we just won the internet.
1: Thanks, Jenny.